What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I'm with a very, very special guest today, Stephanie Lombardo. How are you, Stephanie? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing good. Uh, so it's actually interesting. We go a few months back now because you hit me up through my friend Corva because you saw the episode with Corva. We've been trying to get you on. I can't remember. It has to be like at least two or three months at this point. But here we are. We made it work. You know, I love your podcast. I love that. And I think I've told you this before, but that you're, you know, giving a platform for independent artists and letting them have a voice and talking about some really important issues at the same time. So I'm really glad that we connected and that I could be here. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll get straight into it. Uh, how did you get your start in music? Like, what's your background? So I started in music at like three years old when my parents signed me up for piano lessons. So I started playing piano when I was very little and I had a private teacher come over every weekend to give me lessons. And um, my love for music grew throughout the years. My father is very musical. Uh, grew up with music all throughout the house every day, practically. Um, I didn't start writing original music until after college. So I actually went to school for film production. So I also have a very big passion in filmmaking. And I find that fascinating because it, it encompasses so many different art forms. But music was something that always spoke to me. I always wanted to sing and songwrite. And it wasn't until, like I said, after college when I was working with a few people that were musical and I got this spark of inspiration that I didn't have prior. And I started writing some original material. And the first song I wrote is a song called Get Out of Bed. And this is a song that I literally wrote one morning when I was in bed and no rhyme or reason. It just kind of came pouring out. And that's the thing about songwriting and music in general is that it's very feelings based. And sometimes things come out of your soul that you never really knew were there before. And, um, and they come out in a musical way and it's very cathartic. So I wrote that and I said, maybe I should turn this into a song. And I had never really recorded a single before, but this time I said, let me put it out there and just see. And it's actually when you're an artist and you're putting your work out there, it's a very vulnerable position because it's it's usually a very personal thing, you know, when you write music. So um, I did that. I didn't have a chorus until a year later. But anyways, long story short, that's how I, you know, put out my first record. Um, and then I just started writing music from there. And then once I started gaining that momentum, I think that's a key part is like momentum when you're doing anything artistic and particularly in music, you have to just play on the piano, see what comes out of you. Don't try to force it, you know, just completely surrender to any inspiration. And that's interesting that you went to film school uh, because I, I know that you're also a stand-up comedian, right? Yes, I've done stand-up uh, for a couple of years. Haven't done stand-up in a while due to the virus situation, but yes, I've done stand-up. And that was also kind of like a dream of mine since I was a little kid too. And my philosophy is always try something. And if you like it, great. If not, then you're really not losing anything. So for me, stand-up was something I always wanted to try. I did an open mic again after college. All this stuff happened after college. I don't know. It was like a new freedom for me, I guess. And ended up loving it. And I was called back to a couple of clubs. 
And that was a really, really fun time for me as well. That's awesome. Cause I kind of come from a similar background uh, with my love of comedy and getting into music, but I was actually, comedy was like my first thing because when I was 10 years old, I mean, this was 95, so it was back in the VHS days, but um, me and some friends would record sketch comedy, like before YouTube was even a thing. And we did that for like six years. I mean, any friend that would come over, I would like get them to do sketch comedy with me. And I, you know, I had like the group of friends that loved doing it, but um, then I didn't start making music until after that. Um, <laughs> so comedy was actually my first love. And um, I've kind of been, once I started uh, Nice Entertainment, because it, it ran it as a record label for a while, I started, you know, doing sketch comedy on YouTube, but I've never been able to keep it consistent uh, as I want to, because I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity because if I would have kept going with that at, at 10 and, you know, then kept it going for the next 10 years when YouTube was around and started right away, I, I feel like I would have, that's one of my regrets, but um I, th I think that's really dope that you went to film school. I think it's interesting that you and I share that similar background too. And it's interesting that you brought up that you used to do sketches with your friends. Because when I was growing up, I would do sketches with my friends too. We would either do a mock radio station and we would write our own commercials and kind of just really get creative with it, do um, our own movies, stuff like that. And when I was in that age, I said, this is really fun. Why don't I just do this for a living? So then I turned it into that. And I can understand like when you mentioned about like keeping up with it and, and creating content, but it's a different experience for everyone. You know, I mean, when we were kids, we didn't have YouTube and I don't know if we would have necessarily known what to do with it at the time either. You know, that's a really good point. Um, so you're also a radio DJ as well, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's badass. Uh, my my grandfather was a was a radio DJ, and I've just always had that in my blood. I feel like, um, yeah. and so that's why I was kind of destined to, to do this. That's something I've been doing for uh, probably the longest out of all the, all these endeavors. That's on Saturdays. I host a party show on Saturdays, and so it's a weekend gig. It's really fun, and I. I play a lot of different party and dance music, but I have a lot of great interaction with listeners. And just this past weekend was the first time we went back into the studio after doing it remotely through the virus. So um, through the pandemic, I should say, but, and it was great. You know, I was getting calls. I was doing contests again. It was a really fun thing. What um, radio station did your grandfather work for? He, I'm not quite sure. He was all over the country. It's, it's an interesting story with him because um, he he started in Minnesota because uh, my both him and my grandmother were uh, Minnesotans, uh, and mm -hmm. then he he got moved around like all over the country. I mean, I think because my, my mom was born in Detroit, um, so mm -hmm. he was in Detroit for a while. He, I know they lived in Georgia for a while, and then. At one point, I know my my grandmother um, was like, "No more moving. We're done moving." And yeah. then she passed, and he remarried, and then oh. moved um, moved my mom out to Cal or my mom and her family out to California, and that's where she met my dad. That's where I was born. Whatever. But like, so he was kind of like all over the place. But it runs in the family, obviously. Right. It's really great. It's it's a platform to have a voice. That was another thing I always grew up listening to was the radio and hearing different personalities and DJs and 
I loved the fact that it was a fast paced environment. You're in the studio there, you're pushing buttons. Everything seems like an adrenaline rush, which it is. So, um, and you're really there when you're a DJ to kind of be a friend to whoever is listening, you know, and, and make that connection. So I think that's what's so appealing to it. And probably, I don't know if you share the same thoughts, but that's what it's appealing to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how, I mean, you went remote during the, the pandemic. Um, how has that been? Like, how has the pandemic been for you? Has it, um, like, have you been able to be more or less creative? I mean, how has it been overall? Like with the DJing, with the music, everything? The pandemic has definitely been a roller coaster, but in terms of creativity, uh, one of the first things you mentioned was broadcasting the radio show remotely. That has definitely been less creative remotely. First of all, we didn't have listener um, callers call in, which was a big part of the show. I used to do contests since there was nothing to really give away. There were no concerts going on. There were no giveaways. So it was more just, okay, play the song, give a little factual information and, you know, then go on your way. It was still good. I mean, I kept up with it, obviously, but definitely not as creative as it is in the studio. And then musically, I drew a lot from personal experiences throughout the pandemic when writing music, but I think everything kind of just slowed down. Um, it was a time to reflect. It was a time to just, you know, kind of be at peace a little bit um, because things were so much slower. And sometimes that's hard to do. You know, I, I was definitely less busy creatively, but um, it was a necessary thing to happen though. Um, Cause now it's like, I'm coming back into the new year and I'm really looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to doing more songs, more projects. And, you know, hopefully as things start opening up, it's going to be a little bit more opportunistic. That's awesome. I mean, not awesome at the same time, but uh, that's awesome that you're getting back into the music thing. Um, what are you currently working on? Oh, so I have a collaboration coming up with a producer and a music artist named Kaiman. Um, I don't want to say, I guess, too much about it because it's not finalized, but um, he's somebody that I've been wanting to work with for a really long time. So we're, you know, working on a song at the moment and see what happens with that. Um, and then it's really a matter of just trying to get gigs, you know, doing some more live performances, which is a, a little bit of a hardship. But on the side of that, I do work full time as a producer, also a video producer. So I've been doing that remotely with the company that I'm with uh, throughout the pandemic. So that's really helped me a lot, too, just from a mental standpoint, and also keeping busy. Oh, that's awesome. What, what kind of videos do you do for that company? It's a lot of internal content. So it's training videos. Um, I'll do voiceovers for some videos, things like that. So um, it's nothing that unfortunately goes outside publicly. But it's still, you know, it's a really, really cool gig that I like. Interesting, because um, I don't know if I got the job or not, but I just had an interview with uh, somebody last night for a similar position. Wow, very cool. That's super interesting. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So I also noticed on your YouTube channel that you did, I think it was short-lived because I only saw like four videos, but it was Undiscovered Uncovered? Yes. That was really cool. Uh uh, how many did you end up doing? Like four? I think I released four. And then it was, I actually have a few more in the can that weren't released. Um, and then it was picked up by a music magazine 
like a year or two later. And then I did episodes for them in a similar format, but that was with a co-host and that was in a studio environment. So that was really cool to do. Oh, sweet. I didn't, I didn't end up seeing that. Yeah. The one that you saw that was all independent. So that I had marched myself over to Monster Music, which is a, a music store near me. And it was previously owned by Chris Angel, by the way, the magician. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So um, he's a musician too. So, um, but the, the owner at the time was also super friendly. I told him exactly what I was looking to do. And it was similar to what your initiative with this podcast is, which is giving a platform and a voice to the underground music scene. And it's amazing how many independent artists are looking for some free publicity, you know, and they're willing to talk and share their story. So it was sort of a cross marketing opportunity. It was marketing for the store. So they were open to it. And of course it's marketing for the artist. And I always saw myself in a role of um, kind of being a host, kind of, you know, wanting to talk to people, getting some new content out there. And that's where the web show was born. That's awesome. Um, and I, I just thought of something, I mean, because it's something that I struggle with and I know a lot of people struggle with it. How to uh, like, since you're doing so many things, I'm doing so many things. I have a hard time with balance. Um so how do you balance everything that you're doing in your life? So I'm not doing all of those things, the comedy, the web show, right. I'm not doing all of those things currently. The web show I haven't really done in a long time as well as stand up because again, the pandemic really, you know, has slowed that down and live gigs have just sort of been poof, you know, very far and few between. So yeah, I always used to struggle with balance as well and trying to focus, okay, what do I really want? Do I want to, you know, put my energy towards this or, but this is a great idea too, you know? And over time, it's like, I think it, it's a mix of things. It's not like one formula. It's probably, you have to figure out what, what works for you. But for me, it's prioritizing, obviously. Like if I have a video project, I put a deadline for myself. And every day I might spend like 20 minutes on it, which 20 minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but you'd be surprised what you can do. It's like a whole pizza. You take a slice and then every day after, you know, eight days or whatever, how many slices you have, the pizza's gone. So it's like, you're just chipping away at a project every single day. And yeah, it's, it, it is, you know, it's, it's finding that balance because priorities shift from month to month or year to year, but it's sort of a work in progress, I guess. <laughs> it's it's really, it's crazy. But um, I guess I could also say that it's building momentum with yourself too. If you start to see progress with a project, then it you're that's the reward. So you're kind of getting that gratification just by seeing that progress. And that's going to keep your your mind kind of in it. So that way you're not distracted the next day. Okay, let's start something else. And then meanwhile, that other project is unfinished. That's what I've noticed, especially with, with this podcast, uh, that it's kind of been able, uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, shifted my focus. So I'm able to, to fully focus on this. And then I, I'm able to kind of prioritize other things around it a lot better. So I find, you know, having one consistent thing that I do, uh, it kind of allows me to do multiple things at the same time. And yeah, I think I've been kind of, kind of off my game um, for the last few weeks. Cause this is actually the first one I'm recording of the year. Um, oh, and I found myself just really uh, lost over the last few years with trying to balance everything and trying to, trying to figure out how to prioritize and where to, yeah. you know, put my focus because, um, I, I, 
I end up mentioning this on every episode, but um, you know, I ran a record label from uh 2015 until like I shut it down in uh 2020, and my mom got cancer in 2018, and I was like by mm. her side for that like whole time, and so like I literally like put the record label to the side, and then yeah. right before the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, my mom's my mom's good. She had like a life saving treatment. I uh, like. That's I'm great. feeling good. I'm ready to like dive back in. And then um that was January of 2020 and then the pandemic hit and I was like, "Oh shit." And I literally like I was recording out of uh my college forever because I went to a recording college. Um mm-hmm. and that shut down and then um we couldn't do shows. And those were like my main two things that I would, you know, my yeah. main two resources for this yeah. record label. So I ended up, you know, kind of folding the record label. Then last year, my mom passed. So, so um, thank you. Um, so I've been just kind of in this like weird, like lost phase mm-hmm. of my life. And like I said, like I feel like the um, the podcast and talking to other creatives and kind of talking about our you know triumphs and struggles and stuff like that. It really has kind of helped keep me focused. And um, so yeah. that's why I appreciate talking to people like you and, and hearing uh, your story and where mm-hmm. you come from, because it, it helps me um, kind of realize that like, I'm not in a bad place in my life. You know, like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just where I need to be. Like things are, right. you know, yes. things are still, you know, where they're supposed to be and my life yes. is still on track, stuff like that. Absolutely. So, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I just had to share that with you because, uh, when you were talking about balance and stuff like that and, and focus, that, that reminded me of that. Well, I'm so glad that you, you mentioned that it's, you know, you're, you're sort of uh, accepting that this is where you should be. And I think that's a huge part of it because I've also learned, I, I've definitely grown throughout this pandemic because I had a similar experience to you, unfortunately, with my father. Oh, I'm and so sorry. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, of course it's like a truck that just plows you over, you know? So Um, but I've learned that part of living in the moment is all accepting of everything that's, that's supposed to be there. So you, I think part of what I struggled with was putting so much pressure on myself. And that's where I was like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I have to, I have to do all these things. But the reality is no life, life is not supposed to be lived that way. It's supposed to be enjoyed and everything that you go after just go after it. Don't expect anything kind of from it, you know, just let it live, let it breathe, let it grow and keep feeding it. And then where it's supposed to go is, is going to lead you in that path, you know, and, and I hope that what I'm saying sort of makes sense, but um, it's a very reflective process too. Definitely. I I have this whole new like goal where I want to win a Grammy by 2025 um, because that was always my mom's thing. Uh, She would always like half joking, but serious at the same time. She's like, you're going to, you're going to bring me to the Grammys and I'm going to get that Versace dress. And (laughs) so like, you know, not to get too heavy again, but like, uh, like literally on her deathbed, like, I'm like, I'm going to get that Grammy. And then after I said it, I was like, Oh shit. I just, made that promise and now I have to keep it but it's it's this like whole yeah you know other focus you know at the same time where I'm like I'm like now I'm I'm like 
miraculous, not miraculously because I've been working at it forever, but I'm all of a sudden making some of the best music I've ever made in my life. And, yeah. you know, things are really starting to click in that regard where I've, Absolutely. I've, I felt yeah. like I was kind of spinning my wheels for years. And, and it's right. like all of a sudden all these like doors in my mind are starting to open with that. Yeah. Things are starting to fall into place. You're feeling like it's, it's sort of coming together right. and it's, it's true. It's probably because you're putting that energy and you're making it bigger than yourself. It's like, okay, now I have this other purpose to do it. But at the same time, it, it does go along with what you're saying about, uh, enjoying the process because you know mm -hmm. even though i have that like extra pressure that i feel to to achieve that i'm you know i'm giving myself three years i'm you know diligently working um towards my craft and i'm like really enjoying what yeah. i'm doing you know i'm I'm, ha I'm having fun making music and exactly um you know i'm not like you know beating myself up over right. something like sucking you know or whatever like i used to just being like oh i'm not good enough or whatever um right. i'm just kind of ha like having fun and experimenting and like really just enjoying the process again and and I absolutely like in, yeah. in having this goal um i've i've really found that fun again yeah that's really important and and it's that yeah i mean you never hear artists talk about too much of how much fun what they're doing is. They're like talking about the struggle, which is great. You know, talking about that part of it is important, but we forget music's supposed to be fun. It's entertainment. It's supposed to be enjoyable and it's supposed to be enjoyable for the creator as well. It's a form of expression. So yeah, enjoying every little bit, every, oh, you know what? I wrote a lyric today. That's amazing. Oh, you know, I'm going to go on the piano and like try to flush it out. That's amazing. That's a highlight of your day. You know, that's what it's supposed to be like. Absolutely. So do you produce all your own stuff or do you like engineer yourself? Do you do all that stuff? No, I work with some amazing producers and one I've worked with for a long time. His name is Stephen Shoebrooks and he's a really great pop producer. Like whenever I work with him, it's like he takes my idea and, and puts it into life. It's amazing. He's, he's sort of a musical mind reader in that way. So, um, but I've worked with some other really great producers too. So what I usually do is I'll record the lyrics I'll give, if it's an original piece, then I'll tell them kind of the beat that I want, the feel, the vibe that I'm going for. And then again, when you're working with the right producer, they can kind of flush it out a little bit more. And then there's the back and forth revision process after that. That's awesome. I I would actually love to collaborate with you in that regard because I'm yeah. I'm really looking to get into the pop space because I'm, I'm a hip hop head, but I have tons of pop beats that I'm sitting on. And like, that's where I want to end up, you know, obviously like yeah. Grammy, you know, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. but I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of experience in the pop world yet with producing pop music. Um, right. as far as like working with uh, artists and singers and stuff like that. So right. I, if you're ever looking for more people to contribute or, or collaborate with, I would love to do that. Please. I would be honored. And you read my mind. I was going to say that earlier too. Like I would love for us to work together on something. Awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Sweet. That would be really, really sick. So what is your process usually like then? We we'll kind of go into that. So do you, I mean, do you usually, or does it all depend uh, on the situation? Do you usually come up with like lyrical ideas or melody ideas or how does that work for you? It could go either way. I've written some songs where I, I just sit at the piano and I could be playing a song that's already well known, but I might hit a wrong note, but it sounds good. And I'm like, oh, let's go with that. And then I'll just start creating a melody and then I'll put lyrics to it afterwards. Or a lot of times 
music comes to me when I'm just about to fall into a really deep sleep. Same. It's like this That's subconscious. Crazy. Yeah, you know, and and I, I do believe that there are forces that, you know, sing to me at night. And, you know, I have to wake myself up and then like go over to my phone yep. or write it down in my notebook. And it's like scribble, scrabble. And the next day I'm like, I don't know what I just said, but, uh, you know. But that's usually how it it happens where you're half asleep. It's must be a subconscious thing, I guess. I don't know. That's super interesting because, yeah, literally just the other night I was I was laying in bed and all of a sudden just this melody started just like playing in my head and I had to get up and record it. And there's times where I wake up with something and I just have like a whole like a whole chorus just sitting there like I know out of nowhere, out of nowhere. I know that's crazy that that you do that, too. I do. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you're spiritual, but I say it's, it's God or it's, you know, some people up there. Yeah. I mean, I definitely believe that I'm, I I consider myself agnostic, but I'm spiritual. Right. So I definitely believe that I definitely, uh, am open to that possibility of, of, you know, higher forces being in play whenever I come up with those ideas, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You never know. Never know. What advice would you have for like a younger, a younger you getting started? Like, what do you wish that you would have known when you were first getting started? Well, yeah, that's a great question. Because <laughs> when I was like in my early 20s, which is when I started writing music, it was sort of, okay, what do I do with this? I would say, you know, keep writing content and putting it out there and tap into my network because I found, um, it's, it's sort of, you hear like it's all about connections, but um, at the end of the day, you want to get yourself out there. That's that's the end goal. You're putting your material out there. So I would say to myself, get like a solid, um, uh, what do they call it? A demo of like a bunch of songs, which I eventually did. It just, it didn't happen overnight. It was a couple of years in the making. And just keep tapping into that network as much as possible. You know, keep, it's, it's all about that momentum and really um, practice, practice, practice. You know, I think I would tell myself that. Like really um, don't be afraid to, to try performing, um, just to get, even get your chops up to, to kind of sharpen your own chops. But, you know, and looking back, everything sort of happened when I, I believe it was supposed to happen, you know, Perhaps at 23, I wasn't ready to do music, but I was doing stand-up at the time. Um, and then performing solo came a little bit later. Before I was a solo artist, even though I was working on my own original stuff, I was a keyboardist in several bands too. So I used to, um, I got a gig, a, a three-month residency in 2018 for the Velvet Underground Experience in Manhattan, which was a museum that opened up in the village all about the Velvet Underground band. And Every Thursday, they would have a different band perform there, but I was their opening act. So every Thursday, it would be myself and the lead singer and drummer, you know, guitar and everything. And we would have a set. We would do a couple of covers of the Velvet Underground and a few originals of the uh, the music artist who was the lead singer. And that was great for me. That was a wonderful experience. Um, I learned a lot from that, you know, and it's all about taking away those lessons and connecting with other folks like yourself and just reaching out, you know, just asking and let it happen. Let it happen that way. That's great advice. Cause I, I still feel like 
I struggle with the reaching out factor, like the, to be the first one to reach out to somebody because oh. there, there are so many people that like I feel like I want to work with or do something with or, you know, I want to be on their podcast. But like I've always just had this like like let them come to me type type vibe, which isn't which isn't always great. You know, like you, you do need to reach out like you do need to ask for help or ask for what you want or, you know, like. um ask for collaboration and stuff like that absolutely in the past there's been a lot of missed opportunity with myself because i i've been just afraid to reach out and um and when i have reached out it's usually been pretty good i mean it's been like you know say that like somebody for a while i've been thinking about reaching out to and i finally am like fuck it you know that person will usually say like Oh, I was actually going to reach out to you as well you know like oh you know they were afraid to reach out too so it's yeah yeah, it's one of those things it's like you you know just go for it you don't know you know the 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 worst they can say is no you know exactly yeah I mean and and that's part of what we spoke about earlier with expectations where reach out but don't expect anything yeah um but your chances of nothing happening is a hundred percent if you don't reach out so why not just take that opportunity and hey if it doesn't work out now, you know how many people that I've reached out to who maybe have been years ago, but one of the producers I'm working with now on a project, I reached out to years ago, but it happened, he reached out to me a few months ago and he's like, hey, sorry, life was crazy, blah, blah, blah. Let's connect now. Great. It wasn't supposed to happen back then. It's supposed to happen now, you know? So anything could could happen, you know, and just keep that in mind. And a lot of times don't let a fear of subconscious rejection be like, oh, they're going to say no. Even if they do, fine. There's a hundred thousand other people out there that are creatives and that are open. And I think especially as musicians, there's more of an openness with musicians that we're looking to help each other. I haven't seen that quite as much in other areas of entertainment like music i think music is a lot more open that way even in like the stand-up world yeah i think well the stand-up world for my experience it got very small very quickly and that just means that you start to know people a lot more as you get into it more and more um and they are willing to help but i think because like you're one person on stage it's not as much as of a collaborative process you know you're one person with the show so you're it, kind of constantly competing with all these other stand-ups and as a musician, there's opportunity for collaboration. Even if you're two singers, even if you're two guitarists, oh, I know a guy who's looking for a guitarist or, you know, so-and-so. It's a little bit more of like that bigger network type of thing. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, but that's what I've always like kind of saw in the stand-up world is like like a camaraderie and that, that I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it seems like they really like are like a you know, collective almost in, in the standup world, but I can, I can see how it, it's de- definitely like one dimensional in that aspect where you're, you're the only one on stage. Standup is one of the purest forms of entertainment because it's just you and the microphone. You got no backup band, no props. I mean, in my case, I did use a few props, but uh, you know, it's, it's so genuine. That's what I love about it too, though. So, and that's also kind of cool when you're when you learn about yourself and your creative side. You don't have to just be a musician. You don't have to just be this. You can have different levels to yourself, and that's amazing. You bring all that to the table. I love it. Like I I I really respect you for um 
for doing all of those things and trying all of those things over the years because it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and try those things. Uh, right. Because right. I know so many people who can like are you know want to do creative things you know want to do stand-up comedy want to do music but right. they're afraid you know they're either afraid of like what people would think of them yeah. You know, yeah. or like they're afraid they're not going to make it or you know whatever you know anxiety um stage fright all mm -hmm. that stuff you know so even even just taking the the that step to start that's where you know, that's what it takes. And that's um, that's yeah. where a lot of people fall short, unfortunately, because because I feel like there's a lot of untapped talent and un Absolutely. unused potential out there because people are just afraid to take that step. And it's true. It's, you know, people get in the way of themselves. I, and I do it. Everyone does it. And a lot of it is fear based. And I agree that there's so much talent walking around and people don't even know it. You know, they don't realize I could be good at this. Um, and that's where one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, and it was doing stand-up. It, was, it wasn't even an open mic. It was like a, a show. And I got like, a, I think an eight or six minute spot, something really, really small. But all the comics were telling me, just go up there and have fun, do it for yourself, you know, and if you try something like that and you're in a room full of strangers, you kind of have nothing to lose when you think about it. You're not going to see these people again. That's kind of like a freeing thing. And when I first tried stand up, again, using this as an example, didn't expect anything. I just did it because I like to just try it. If I love it, great. If not, I don't have to do this ever again. You know, so that's also helps get you over. OK, I don't have to be perfect. I'm just going to just try it. I bet when you got those first laughs, I bet it was just yes, amazing. It was like, oh yeah, it's the it's a rush, and I'm like, yes, I'm nailing it. It's great, uh, yeah. So that's definitely you know an ego boost for sure. I always think about like because I mean I'm like oh, I've done sketch comedy, you know I I'm I'm pretty good at improv. I'm like I wonder if I could do stand up, but I've always just been afraid of of you know I, I and I perform by myself on stage with my rap music. Um, but like stand up just seems like such a more vulnerable thing. I mean, I feel like I would probably have to have like three or four drinks because uh, <laughs> I, I felt like I had to do that when I would be on stage with my rap stuff. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I would just be be shaking even before getting up there. Well, you don't know. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. And we when we're faced with some pressure, sometimes we surprise ourselves. I guess we've covered every single thing that I wanted to cover with you. Um, do you have any last words that you want to leave the people with? Well, being that your podcast is about creativity and, and I imagine you have a lot of creatives listening and watching. Um, I will, first of all, you know, I'd say thank you, of course, for having me on your podcast and uh, giving me a chance to share some of my experiences and, you know, I've loved listening to your experiences as well. And I think, you know, not to make it a Miss America speech, but I think the world needs creativity. I think that's what uh, gives us soulfulness to ourselves and a much deeper connection. So look at it in a very fun, light way. Have fun with your creativity, you know, and, and always look forward to the future 
through a creative lens. I totally agree. And those are wise words. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm serious about that collaboration. I am too. Absolutely. Let's get it going. I'm ready. Hell yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much.